What is the actual optionality that women have in the sexual market? There's a lot of misunderstanding about this, that it's some massive top-down dominance hierarchy that you can't possibly clamber to the top of. Well, in today's video, part two on the sexual wealth gap, I'm going to be blowing apart those myths and showing you that there are relatively simple ways for you to infiltrate sideways laterally into different sexual markets to make sure that you can get quality women. So check out the video. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. I am your host, James Marshall, and together with my world-class coaching team, we'll be discussing topics on natural style seduction, masculine, feminine, dynamic, lifestyle design, sexuality, personal change, and so much more. Stay tuned for today's episode. We can see that, yes, in recent, I would say in the last decade, really, it's like last 10 to 15 years, there's been, or in the last generational shift, there has been this big shift, which is not so much to do with the Me Too movement or feminism or Instagram, it's mostly to do with the fact that we spend six hours a day on our screens and that our social interactions are often only or mostly digital and that people are just atomized and in their rooms. And this is particularly prevalent for men because, you know, women tend to be more social. They're still spending an inordinate amount of time of, of that social time doing it digitally, but they tend to be more social. Whereas men, you know, may not be inherently. So for particularly young men, it can be the default and the easier and the kind of more natural thing to do to go into isolation or contact with people only through, you know, online video games or chats or Reddit posts or, you know, texting people or whatever at the best. You know, the things in the modern era which mean that we can, gives us the illusion that we can exist without other people. Right. It's, I'm not, you know, certainly not the only person to be noticing this. This is being noticed at broad scale sociologically and what, the way that, you know, mental health is, is diminishing. The number of close friends, particularly that men have, is diminishing. You know, the, these things are all being, yes, being exasperated or being created by the world that we currently live in, but it is not an inescapable prison. Right. It is not a cage. It's that we, as individual men need to make consistent choices that, yes, possibly go against the flow of what most other people are doing or people within your social circle are doing, guys that you know, for example, but knowing that there are ways out and they, they are not going to happen for you. At other times in history, maybe it did happen for you because you, know, you, you went to the village dance and there was a small sexual market and perhaps the parents were at play as well, helping people get together and you know, kind of those that mating and dating might have been kind of more structured within any given society. We're never going back to that. So there's no point in holding on to some, you know, golden era idea that whatever, we should go back to some particular point in Western history where things worked for the average male. It's not going to happen. And it's not even, I don't think it's planned. It's not, it's not some grand conspiracy. It's, these are symptoms of all sorts of other things that are happening with the atomization of society, with the digital worlds that we're inhabiting, with the easy access to junk food versions of human experiences, right? So, I mean, whether that's shitty food, uh, whether that's pornography, whether that's the constant access to kind of low-grade stimulating entertainment, like we can, we can indefinitely distract ourselves. But underneath that, most, I think most people know that that is soulless ultimately, not nourishing, and that there is uh, inherent human yearnings which won't go away. You can't ideologically convince yourself that if you're a straight male, that 
is attracted to women that you don't need a woman in your life and you're better off without one because it's too dangerous and women don't give you anything or whatever. How do you know? Like, because someone told you that? You need to find that out for yourself. And if you had a bad experience, I'm not discounting the bad experience and I'm not saying that it was your fault or that the other person was not at fault. Yeah, they can be shit people, shit men, shit women. People can treat each other extraordinarily badly. When we get close, when we are intimate, when we trust, when we love, then the, the stakes raise, the risks raise, right? Yeah. Like someone on the streets tells me they hate me, I would just be a bit like, okay, dude. But if, you know, a close family member said that to me, then that would mean something, right? Because they, the closest people are to you, yes, the more potential they have to hurt you. But that is, you know, that is inevitable anyway. Like the alternative, as I've said before, is to hide in your own bubble of essentially distractions and numbing behaviors, just kind of running out the clock on, on your life in some kind of way, or it's to dive into it and, and get to experience the truth of what it is to be a functional human and the truth in, and the bitterness and the pain and the beauty and the exquisiteness of it, the love story, the love lost. The, uh, you know, the, the hero's journey, the masculine journey, the discoveries, these are things that don't just happen, right? The hero's journey is not something that is given to everybody and, and you're given a roadmap and given mentors along the way and you set out on it. You actually have to choose to engage with it because otherwise it is just the stayed at home, didn't try story and that one can run out. And I've, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I see this with certain men coming to me, I don't, I don't like to say too late, but certainly late, right? Because, you know, like I had a chat with that guy and I'm like, okay, what is it you can do? Like you, you have to make this decision ultimately that are you going to start asking women out? He, he said, oh, you know, I went on a couple of dates, but then I, when I was on the date, I was like, when were these couple of dates? Years ago. So, you know, date randomly here or there. Uh, he thought, oh, this isn't fun and I, and I wish I wasn't on the date, right? Because, okay, yes, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> To, to sit opposite someone when you're not exactly sure how to do it and you could feel like, oh, this would be easier and safer and better if I just run back home and whatever my, what choose my flavor of distraction poison uh, to put myself back into my comfort. Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. I, and again, I'm grateful to those women in the early days where I had uncomfortable dates, where I was awkward, where I choked, where I didn't know what to say, where she got up and walked out, where I got up and walked out where they ghosted me, like all of that, I'm grateful for it because in a not particularly long period of time, it was a couple of years of really focusing in on this. It was not the only thing. I did some other stuff as well, but you know, making it a priority, which was clear to me, it's a priority until it's second nature that if I'm out of work, I can get a job, right? That's the point of game. The point of seduction is not actually to lay a hundred women or to constantly chase status symbols of objects of you know feminine desire it's that if i am single i'm out of the market that i have the skills to engage with the markets right and i don't have to fight against the top of the tree because really we're looking at what is this particular woman what are her options now she it may appear that she has infinite options because if she's attractive and she front faces as that let's say on social media she may have a lot of followers, a lot of men who are, you know, replying to her thirst trapped in some kind of way. But we also need to be aware that, like, not all women, right? Like, it's like, if you're looking at Instagram and that bloody, you know, for you page or whatever, I swear I have never looked up big booby girls in 
bikinis on Instagram. I swear it. And yet there they all are, right? And it's and it, anytime I open, I'm like, no, just show me stuff about olive trees or cat videos or something. But you know, the algorithm knows men breasts, send it to them and they'll respond. It can be easy to think that okay, all women are like that to less or greater or lesser degree, where they're where they're using their beauty and they're front facing on on a digital platform in order to get attention or likes or followers or whatever from men. Yeah, of course. There are some women to whom that is their job, right? It's a, it's a profession these days, okay? It's an in, being a sexual influencer or a thirst trap lady or whatever. Yeah, okay. There's plenty of, there is some percentage of women who do that. But it's not all beautiful women, like not all appealing, attractive women are doing that. Many of them like just have a closed Instagram with their friends or they're not on social media. That, that, that exists too. Or they're in it, into it and they get addicted to it for a while like everyone can, and especially if you're getting lots of attention from it. And they very quickly start to see and experience how cheap that validation is. That it's some, okay, yeah, for some people, just like with, with men, we can get cheap validation or cheap dopamine hits and we may settle with that and that may be, you know, what we feed on. But underlying that is the same yearnings, the human yearnings that she has as a man has. And so, you know, even if she has a bunch of followers or whatever, how many real options does she have? She probably has more than you. Yes, it's true, right? Like, you know, you put a comparably attractive woman next to me who's social and whatever. If she goes on a dating app, yes, she can go on a date tonight. Yes, there will be, you know, men trying to get her attention. Of course, it's, it's not even or necessarily fair and so fucking what? It's like, okay, we're working with, well, with the different markets that are at play. But, you know... Her options, yeah, there's, she has options for a bit of dick for, for a man of, of any sort to come into her life, but there is um, massive amounts of women who are extremely unsatisfied with the men that they have options with, or they've, they've, they've tried the apps and they've been disappointed. They've been flaked on as much as the guys will. You know, they also get flaked on. They go on disappointing dates where, they're, where it's awkward and uh, they end up hooking up with some guy and the sex is shit. Or it's good, and then he never contacts her again, and she's back out into it, working on this, you know, working on this conundrum herself. So, you know, in reality, she may only have a handful of like legitimate options, right? And and if that's the case, then in some cases, she has very, very way less than you would think. There will be times in a woman's life when she doesn't do clubbing anymore, or she never did. She's decided that, you know, she doesn't want to have trashy hookups. She's dated a, a certain type of guy, maybe the you know maybe the the player type, enough times that she's recognised that okay for all the sparkly kind of sensations that she might get from that, that okay ultimately that's not fulfilling. You know she maybe have moved to a a new place and she's shy. You know she's just a bit more of an introvert or she's not someone who feels comfortable going out and socialising all the time or she just tends to like to hang around with uh, people that she feels closer to in smaller groups. All right, like I have been many times surprised when I've met a woman that was definitely very attractive and no, she's like, she's not on Instagram. I mean, that's that's fairly rare, but I've, I've met a bunch where she just doesn't go out and party anymore. Because especially if she partied, you know, went out 18 to 20 and did the club thing, that gets old very quickly for, for most, most people and uh, certainly for women because there's only so much kind of cheap validation you can get from guys trying to grope you on the dance floor or buy you drinks or the lights or whatever. Some people never grow out of that. Most do. 
And, uh, you know, and then after college and people start pairing off and she may find that her social circle has diminished as well. And so the viable options that she have will be often way less than you may think. If you're enjoying today's episode and you'd like to find out more about the services and information that the Natural Lifestyles provide, then check out our show notes where you'll see links to all of our other resources, including our YouTube channel, TikTok, and most importantly, our workshop schedule. TNL team is constantly on the road, traveling the planet and teaching the world's most high-end, bespoke and personalized coaching workshops for men, teaching you how to date women in everyday situations without the use of cheesy lines or those goddamn apps. Check it out. And now back to the episode. Now, even if she does have, you know, broader scope options than you, what's important to understand is how can we jump to the front of her queue, not the queue. No, again, we're not trying to fight against every eligible bachelor on the planet. Where are things going on for her? She may have a guy that like is hotter or, or something other than you, but who's chatting to her, but he's not pulling the fucking trigger. He's not asking her out. He's, or he's, you know, got a couple of girls on the go maybe, and he's being flaky on that girl. And then you come in as a stranger who's you know just moved sideways from your from wherever your sexual market is into her individual sexual market and you've arrived as a new product and you've got things moving one of the things that is most attractive in a man is his action right like if her only choice is a photo of a guy well then of course she's going to you know choose the photo that's the more appealing attractive muscular or whatever type of you know look that she likes, man, yeah, okay. And if we want to play that game, we'll, most men will kind of lose on average. We've been through this before. We know that it's a 10 to 1 ratio of uh, men to women. We know that the algorithms are trying to make money out of you, not trying to deliver you true love. But most importantly is we need to understand that if, we, yeah, if we're looking at it only on those stats of like, okay, what happens on the apps, then yeah, the only metrics we're looking at is basically age and, and looks. But when it comes to the real world, real life, which still exists, perhaps not for much longer, but it still does exist, the decision-making process for a woman is a moment-by-moment resonance felt-based thing, right? She's really responding, yes, I mean, okay, she's going to observe the way that you look, your style, your grooming, okay, so that, you know, some of these things that you can affect a little or not, but she makes the decision on, from an emotional perspective. Does she feel good with this guy? Is it relaxed? Is it easy? Is it fun? Is it a bit flirty? Is it unexpected? Is it comfortable? Right? Like there's all these emotional grades that we can't tell from a photo or a profile. And they're they're things that maybe, sure, certainly can be influenced by the way he looks, but they're inherent to him as a man. What makes a man sexy is him in action ultimately. And there's ways that, you know, we kind of put on the costume of, that hints at that, right? Like if I dress like a lumberjack, right, that might be a sexy avatar for a certain type of woman, not because of the checks or the colors of the black and the red, it's because it ties into a man who can chop wood or a man of action, right? Like a man who, who has like the sexy ability in that particular field. So the directness of going up and speaking to a woman, of actually asking her out and showing that you mean it, can be the thing that makes the difference, right? A, a woman can understandably view you as just a dude when you speak to her in some situation, and then that can shift on a dime from the moment where he says, listen, you're really sexy and fun, I want to take you out, All right? Where he means it, and he's projected his intention, and he's shown action, 
He's shown that, yeah, I'm going to take this leadership moment and I'm going to take the subsequent ones and all the ones that need to be taken along the way. And at the same time, it's kind of chill and the conversation doesn't need to be rocket science, doesn't need to be necessarily scintillating and, uh, you know, the most complex or verbose. It just needs to work. We need to have a vibe together. And then there needs to be movement and escalation. Any man can do that. Maybe not on day one, but he's going to have to start to build the reference experiences, the skill set, and he's going to have to go through repetition of meeting and yes, being rejected. Absolutely. Right? Like when asked why most, you know, this half, at least half of men never approach. And I'm going to bet that the other half did it five times. <laughs> it's like, it's very rare for, for any man to proactively and consistently when he's, you know, sexually unemployed to go out there and start knocking on doors uh, and try and get a, a sex job. Is this analogy still working? You know what I mean. So if we start to take those actions, well, we could look at it even a little cynically and go, well, a lot of the competition is out of the race. I wish for all men and women to you know, get the joy and the connection and the love and the relationships and the sex that they wish. That would be fucking way better. And it's quite unnecessary that it doesn't happen. There is right now across the globe, millions of single people who would want to be with each other, one, some combination, and would want to be good to each other and please each other and look after each other and you know share that time from 22 to 27 or 32 to 38 or that summer or that while where we were lovers and became friends or that intense relationship which formed us in some kind of way and made us grow and experience and then maybe ultimately it ended with uh, something really painful which was part of the learning experience of life and so on and so on. It sucks that that's not happening when it could because unlike the market, you know, where there are finite resources, where there is, uh, you know, certain amounts of monies and properties and, and things that are distributed across the planet and, you know, can we, they're, they're finite, right? As long as there's more or less equal numbers of men and women out there and we're not in situations where there's men hoarding 100 women in harems and, you know, there are, there are modern versions of that where a man may hoard a few women for a period of time or may hoard their casual sexual attention for a certain period of time, but that doesn't mean those women are out of the market forever. Right, these they're not emperors with uh, walled harems. It's just people making decisions to be together and then shift and change. So I want this, you know, video I'll wrap it up soon to be basically a message of both hope and of warning that ultimately you will get nothing from believing that it is pointless. Like you won't get even any sense of community. Any even if you know you're chatting to men about this online, they're not. These people are not really your friends. They're people who are commiserating or or holding um, an extreme ideological viewpoint, and often to sell something, or because that they truly believe it, or because in their personal experience they had you know enough bad experiences that they've now decided that all men are this, or that dating is pointless, or whatever. You want to get nothing out of going to bat or going to war in gender war discussions which lead to the conclusion of and therefore I'll boycott women or to be like really suspicious and adversarial to all women because that will just create a neurosis that will create more and more distance between you and them and then you'll find ways to justify that and then you'll disappear into whatever you know small world that you have left around you and it fucking sucks in the long term 
Thank you for listening to the Natural Lifestyles podcast. If you enjoyed our content and you'd like some more, then you can check out our YouTube channel, which is just The Natural Lifestyles. And if you want to find out about our live coaching and online coaching services, including our incredible live dating workshops, sexuality workshops, then you should check out our website, thenaturallifestyles.com. Thanks once again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.